I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hey folks, have a good day today. Let me be the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now before we begin, I messed up that I'm not a psychiatrist. If you're a star being diagnosed with autism, please see a physician, at least based on my experiences. I also don't own the right to the intro and natural. They're found on DanielBooking.com and MediaFireSound.com. I also have a mission to interview with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities are not to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some people I like to thank. First, I need to thank my latest guest, Richard Kaufman. For the listeners, C246, the Vertical Momentum Resiliency Crossover, Richard Kaufman, for more information. But what an awesome man who has been through it all. I not only thank you for your service, but also for coming to my show, my friend. We have connected with two people as well. Steve Ramona comes first. The primary objective of Steve's podcast is to give back. How do you handle your customers? What merit have you got? The speakers from the top companies will provide your podcast with useful tools and direction in order to increase your audience. Haley T. Wheeler is also on this list. You can develop knowledge, abilities, and skills that can help you reach emotional equilibrium by receiving mentoring for emotional empowerment. You can influence how people react to situations and events that have an impact on your emotional well-being and cause you to exhibit tension, anxiety, or grief by employing coaching strategies and tactics. You have the power to develop new habits that promote your health and wellness rather than falling back on old ones. It is possible that you will hear more from Haley. Three Saturdays ago, ARAR sold food at the Fowler Pumpkin Patch opening weekend. ARAR did a great job. That is not all, though. We also recently did one of our first two special needs night. AR also did a great job with that. I even participated in International Podcast Day. It was a fun time. An extra thanks goes to Jeff Revilla and Sarah Bradford for inviting me on and sharing how to plan events for your podcast. We also had our monthly board meeting last month. Through this meeting, they decided to vote me and to go to Austin, Texas in November. Be on the lookout for more information. And since the last episode, I have been on two podcasts. I was on the Adventure on the Spectrum podcast with Nicholas McMahill and Empowering Time Marketers podcast with Tia Bottom. What great podcast, everyone. Now, folks, we'll be right back here and add from the bar on Maryland Ridge, so let's get to it. There is a hidden gym in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends Perry and Renee Fowler and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 53... South Green County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, you'll definitely hear the words I do at this wedding barn. So since I've had autism advocates on my show in previous episodes, I figured why not talk about it through my personal experience. So today's topic is, you guessed it, self-advocating and advocating for yourself. And advocating is an important part of the autism aspect because it is a key element for us to be successful in life. Sometimes we we don't get the resources we deserve, in my opinion, and we had to ask for it. We all advocate for ourselves at some point. Everyone goes to the tire shop and get their tire fixed. But have you ever had to advocate for yourself to just survive and feel as if you're a member of society? Well, we've had to do that, and sometimes it is not a pleasant battle to go through mentally. We want to feel as if we are a member, and when we had to advocate 
for help. There are some people that take it very harshly, and there are some that take it with a grain of salt. But I'm hoping we can convert more to take it with a grain of salt. Because while I do understand the embarrassment, it's, there have been some times where I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to ask for help. I'd rather just take the test and use the 20 minutes to fit in. But once you accept for it is what it is, there's no question about it. You're going to feel better about yourself in the long run. Because think about this. Our goal in life is to be successful and happy. How can we be successful and happy by ourselves? The answer is you can't. We need people to stretch their hand out so they can lift us up from the quicksand. We don't. We're sinking and we tried everything. We tried pulling on the roots. We tried lifting our feet up. It didn't work. So what are you supposed to do? Just sit there and accept the fact that we're going to drown? No. We need advocates to support us and to be there when we do get caught in quicksand and our feet aren't moving a dime because it's stuck by metaphorical glue. But if no hands are coming, it's still fine to holler. I need a hand. I need a hand. I need a hand. I need a hand. Trust me, someone's going to hear your hollers and they will give you that hand, whether that be from a long distance where they might have to stretch like Elastigirl or from a short distance where they can walk up to you and be like, all right, I acknowledge that you're here. Now, the definition of advocate is a person supporting a cause, which loosely translates people in your movement. They are the people who are not afraid to interfere in your wrestling match and possibly turn to the dark side for you. However, you might have to be the villain and go self-advocate for yourself, which means it is the ability of a person to effectively express, negotiate, or assert their own inserts, wants, requirements, and rights. So that might mean expressing yourself and saying what you mean, or playing hostage negotiator, or asserting that the deal is great in the deal or no deal game. Even though you have to do those things, and you might be a villain for it, you could still do it with the hero's charm, because there is a way to advocate respectfully and not get in trouble. I believe advocacy is important and tough in the autism world, because the world does not come to you. Even though I'm a firm believer in self-advocacy, there's another frustrating part. Frustrating part is do we have to come to you at all like why can't we just have something i'm not asking to be the guy in the king's chair with a fan and being fed grapes to i'm requesting that you don't give us that full treatment what would happen if you put me in the coliseum with the lion and give me nothing i'm basically done for so i need something you don't have to give me the biggest weapon of all it doesn't have to be an axe although it would be pretty cool but anyway maybe if you gave a straw even you can't win with the straw but you gave me something that's what i'm asking for is that medium where okay we give you something but you make the straw the most valuable weapon out there plus advocating is important because you know yourself more than anyone the person who knows you the best is you I mean, you're the only one that knows that I need this so I can live the classic American life that I dream of. You want a great life? Awesome. But you got to know yourself first. You can't marry someone and then follow their footsteps. No, it is still your life at the end of the day. You need to know your values and your beliefs. You also need to know your strengths and weaknesses. For example, if you're not good at math at all, you probably should get a tutor that is self-advocating. You're getting the tutor yourself or someone needs to advocate for you and get the tutor. It's what you need. And with knowing yourself, one once you know yourself that you can self-advocate, it will grow to a point where you may not even need to self-advocate because after a while, your critical thinking skills will develop and it can make you deal with the troubling situation in a much more calmer way. You'll get to self-advocate naturally. Self-advocating does show self-development and growth on your part because while I stated earlier, oh, we should have something than nothing, even though I prefer something, I do understand why we have nothing. We have to be bottom-up builders. It's because it makes us the author of our own autobiography. 
Murphy, no one's story is going to be the same. Case in point, let's look at myself and BJ Yoho's. For the listeners, C142 identical yet opposites by BJ Yoho. And there might be some similar chapters. We might have the same chapter on Gordon Ramsay, but there will be a lot of differences. One chapter is going to be Riley Kids and the surgeries I've had. For me, it'll be autism and my trouble socializing. Plus, the way we received our labels is different too. Case in point, his spina bifida came right out of the womb. It was spoon-fed to him. Now, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I have too much respect for that man and learned so much about spina bifida to degrade that. However, mine was at four years old. Plus, our stories are a little different. He found his label early on. I admire the man for that because the way it's different for me is I didn't have my identity. And I go more into that in the episode, Making Friends Again, That Grill. But the point I'm trying to get across here is we have had our own challenges, which has led us to self-advocate in our own ways. We may have had to fight battles, but they were different battles that were not for the same issues. But it's not just for me and him. It's for everybody out there. We all have to fight our own demons. Case in point, we have one person, let's call him John. John is a war veteran with PTSD. You know what he does to self-advocate for himself? He goes to a mental health counselor. And then we have person B named Timmy. Timmy is just a regular old guy who likes people, but you know what his kicker is? He started a crime he didn't commit for 36 years. You know how he self-advocated for himself? Appeal after appeal after appeal, and he got free. The only person who can change the mindset of I will battle through this and win is you. And it starts with self-advocating for yourself. He took the action to go to the mental health counseling. The other person took the action to appeal. And guess what? It may have been a long time coming, but they got the results they wanted. Now, in my decisions episode, and for listeners, C241, decisions, 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 that you can decide if you want to disclose. And believe it or not, I think this is the first step to also self-advocate for yourself. So the moment you get diagnosed with your condition is also the moment you begin your dream with self-advocate and advocating for yourself. And the best part is it's up to you what you want to tell about your condition and what you don't want to tell about your condition. Some people would rather just not even know about it. They'd rather throw autism in the trash can and not even tell the person about it. Some would tell them, oh, hey, I'm on the spectrum, but this is my decision and this is what I've dealt with, yada, yada, yada. Some are fully open about it and want to talk more about it, like myself. They're doing it to self-advocate for yourself. When they disclose, it is advocating. They're trying to advocate for themselves as a safety net so they don't scare them off unintentionally because I don't want to scare people off unintentionally. I've done it before and I hate it. So that's why I have chosen to disclose myself because it was a step of advocating so I can get the resources I need. So I'd rather just keep it between the people that need to know and then that's it. Have a nice day. There are even some uncontrollable daily life experience that will cause someone on the spectrum to advocate for themselves. To see what those are, look at the first video that is produced by Autism BC. Parents, it is your job when they are toddlers to advocate for them. It is not fair for them to learn how to and advocate is simply not the time. So in my personal opinion, I don't think this is a motivational speech. This is just factors of life. Children come into the, the world with the mindset of clay. I'm not saying they're dumb. They're just not the most rational people out there. And they're trying to learn the basics of life. I just realized that from a young age, they do self-advocate. When a baby cries, it's self-advocating because they're trying to say, I want food. It's not the right way when we're adult, but it's still self-advocating and appropriate for their age. And for toddlers, they're just trying to learn the basics of life. So when we put them, okay, now we need to self-advocate and learn the basics of life. 
life. Also, some children with autism are trying to learn how to speak. And when they only know 10 words and they can't use their right, and they can't use the right words because they don't know how to say it. Yeah, we probably shouldn't. We need to learn about speaking first and then we can show them, okay, once you got your words together, this is how you put in a sentence to self-advocate for yourself if you need help with your zipper. Although I said it is not the time when they are toddlers, when the child begins to have their own identity, that is when you go for the kill and tell them all about speaking up for themselves. It is simply the time. They understand enough that you can show them, okay, this is what you got. My son, you will probably need help with some motor skills that other kids might understand a little better, but that's okay. We all need help in life, don't we? So if help is acceptable, let's use it. You're probably asking, Sam, how will they take it? Well, they might take it as a good because I did with mine when I had my Eureka moment. I was like, okay, this makes sense. This is why I need help with zippers and this is why I'm a little bit behind. But being behind is no big deal because I'll catch up eventually. But some I'm like, what? No, no, and then get panicky. But if they are panicky, it's your job, parents, to calm them down and tell them that you just might have to play catch up. We've all had to play catch up. I had to play catch up at my workspace the other day and I got right back on track. So just because you're on the spectrum, son, does not mean you're going to be on the right track. You'll be on a different and better track. That track might consist of more hurdles, granted, but guess what? It's going to make you stronger. You're going to just ask for more help by self-advocating for yourself. I'll give you the tools to do that so you can perfect it when you're an adult. Parents, we have to show them this early intervention skill. I don't care if you want to. It's kind of a too bad situation because they may be fine as a child, but as an adult, it will be hell. You cannot put your child on a leash because once that child does have to go off that leash and that early intervention skill is not shown, they're going to be lost. They're going to be wandering around. It will be a magic trick gone wrong because this is what will happen. You zip their zipper for their whole life. Once they go to college or as an adult, you don't show them how to do it. You know, it's a little late. This is what's going to happen. Uh, okay, I should probably zip, zip. How do you do it? How do you do it? Uh, mom, can I come home? Can I come home? They just had a complete freak attack when it could have been completely prevented. So it has to be shown. You're robbing them if you don't. Last thing I want to see is a child or someone with autism have a complete anxiety attack because of a skill they lack, but people fail to show them. That's not their fault. It is your fault if you don't show them that skill. But what if you tried everything you can in your power? If that is the case and you tried and they just mentally cannot understand how to do a certain skill, then it might be time to either A, find a substitution, or B, if it's a skill that cannot be replaced with a substitution, it might be time to consider legal guardianship. I also have to tell the parents where you might have to advocate for your child. Some of those places where you might have to advocate for your child is the outer part of public. And this is so true because when we're in establishments and buildings, I think it's a little bit safer. There's business going on and no one really has the time to do something. But once you're in the outer part of public, people have nothing better to do. So sometimes they'll spare their time by bullying and harassing people. And you're working with the public because one person could be the nicest person alive and it's real, but the next person is nice, but it's all a game and they're very deceptive. For listeners, C239, you've been tricked for more information, but the public in general is very scary because everyone's so different. I'm not trying to say we should all be the same. I don't believe that. I should believe everybody's different, but there's a price that comes with everybody being different, and that price is you don't know who you're talking to. It could be someone very important. It could be someone not important. It could be a rude person with a bad intention, or a good person with a good intention, or what they look like on the outside might not what they be on the inside. So we have to be very precautious when we're interacting with people and you should be, period, whether you have autism or not. The next place is concerts. And I'm saying this because most people on the spectrum have a tendency to get lost at a concert where there's big crowds. And they don't mean to, clearly. It's not on purpose. It's just we can't rush sometimes. And when we do get rushed, then we're 
I don't remind the person's going, but we're still behind. What we just really need there is this reassurance that, hey, it's cool, take your time. We're not in a big hurry, even though there's a lot of people there in a hurry. But again, this is your advocacy saying, hey, give me some time. It's what I need so I get out of here successfully and not feel overwhelmed and when again, the car have a big meltdown. The next place is conventions and expos. So my previous listeners, let me ask you this. How well do I do if there's something going on in one big setting? Not well, right? Thumbs down. Well, that's your answer to why I'm not really good at conventions and expos when it comes to advocate for myself because I'm overwhelmed. I just get mixed matched all over the place. There's a great example even. We went to the Squared Circle Expo and there was this big room with all the wrestlers. It was definitely cool, but I think it was a little too much for me because I was trying to come up with a plan. However, that plan was going a little bad because all I could think about was who do I need to get to? Who do I need to get to? Who do I need to get to? And then my mother was like, hey, take a breather, man. We're going to get these people. Just let's do this one thing at a time and not focus three steps ahead. Let's reverse the car a little bit. The final place where I need an advocate is unorganized events. So I do like going to events, but it needs to be some planning. And for listeners, C233, I've got a plan for more information. It does have to be fully planned out. I just need to know where the cupcakes are. And if not... I don't want to be there. I'll either walk out or I will do a self-advocating step. Case in point, there was an event at the BU camp. Unfortunately, they had an event that was very unorganized. So I did self-advocate for myself. Instead of asking, hey, make this event more organized, I just didn't play bingo. And I just watch other people get scrambled. And that's the thing too. If you're scrambled, we are also scrambled. We don't want to be scrambled eggs. No. The eggs need to be runny. I even have places that you should advocate and should not advocate for your child. Some of those places include... With friends. So I do believe that everyone on the spectrum should have a buddy. When they're with that buddy, they shouldn't have to be around their parents because their friend, if good, will look out after them. But what if you have someone who is a good kid but makes bad choices? That's when you step in like, ooh, son or daughter, I don't think he's a good fit for you because he's a great guy and definitely well-mannered, but he just made some wrong choices that could get you into trouble. We don't want to do that. So let's not hang out with him at this place, but maybe at this place, sure. Trust me, children, you may not want them to step in, but you'll thank them later because it'll be their butts in trouble and not your butts. And as much as you don't want them to get in trouble, you can't worry about it. It's in the word self-advocacy. You can't be their advocate all the time. You have to be your advocate sometimes too for your benefit, even if it comes with a cost. The next place, parents is school or college because it's not your education. It's their education at school. You are not the person going to be in charge of them and you're not going to follow them around in the building. If you do that, you got some issues, my friend. You can show them how to self-advocate by practicing at home, clearly. You can also show them how to self-advocate through, as I call, FESTA, which means you teach them this. So F stands for face the teacher. E, you do your best to maintain eye contact because teachers love that. You state the accommodation you require and the reason you want it. You thank the teacher and then you use it because they took the work for you. The least you could do to repay it is use it and not just be like, oh, you did the work. I don't really care. The next place that we are requesting that you could advocate not is our employment. C-135, you start money for more information. The boss, if it's a good one, should come in the attitude that, hey, we're going to need accommodation so that we can do the job correctly. If they don't give it to you, it's time to consider working somewhere else. Now, we shouldn't have to have the perfect day at the job all the time. No, we get that the job might get a little hard, but if we do we need an accommodation where it could be like okay listen we are overwhelmed and we need to do something or otherwise i can't even do the job 
you might have to find someone else. And they are willing to do that, but if it's a good boss, they won't give up on you. Now, parents, you can step in, but I would not step in at first. If they're doing everything in their power, then yes, it's time to step in. But don't do it right away. Let them try it first. Because maybe they couldn't grow up at school, but maybe they could grow up at a job because it's the right setting. And we're working with adults, people who are more than likely will understand, or if not understand, at least leave you alone about it. The final place where you can let them loose, but also need to protect them is big cities. So this is my belief, and it's just a personal as a country boy. I think the country is safer than the city. In the country, there's less people, and there might still be some idiots, but there's less. But in the big cities, we'll just say there's some more unsafe characters than there are here in the country. And when you put a lot of unsafe characters together, it could go disastrous. Now, when we get older, we have a better understanding of who is a safe and unsafe character. But for a while, parents, you do have to be their character of judgment and keep your character of judgment as well. Now, I need to speak to the parents and tell them that their mindset or functioning level is a big determination on how much times you have to intervene with their life. In my decisions episode that I referred to earlier, I said that parents need to make the decisions for them sometimes. Well, I'm going to go a step further and say you also might have to watch them more often than you should. I know it's very frustrating and you feel like you're a permanent babysitter because you want them to have some level of independency. But would you rather your child be safe or would you rather have your child be hurt? And even though you might be a permanent babysitter, you may not have to because there might be a sense to where even though they still live with you and you might feel like you're raising a kid still, there could be a sense of giving them independency. Now how? That is actually a I don't know. I wish I could give you the answer, but I don't. I also need to give the spiel and say this. There is no shame in getting help nor advocating for yourself. If it is a tool that you need, then it is what you need. And I don't get it. Are you embarrassed? Because if that's the case, you got the wrong attitude. It actually makes you a better person if you ask for help because you're acknowledging that I don't understand this, so I need to phone in a person. No one can be a complete individual and figure out every issue on their own. It might be a case where if you don't, you need to phone that friend because, yeah, it can be embarrassing that you may get extra time, but would you rather be caught with your pants down and embarrassed than drown and screwed when you're in the water? Speaking of a question, I got another question. So is it going to make someone or a group of people mad that you advanced and got an accommodation? Will some people think you are cheating the system? Probably, but everyone needs accommodations. And I need to ask if a person is using accommodations that are guaranteed to them the way they should be used. How is this cheating? They're simply trying to survive. And honestly, a person with special needs shouldn't care at all if someone else is giving them look because they need to mind their own business. They're using their accommodations properly. They succeed. It's working. And as Mick Foley said, and C105 getting hardcore with Mick Foley, this is your life. No one else's life. Your life. The people have an issue with you getting a combination. They can take it up with the person who gave them that accommodation. And since I am so passionate about this, I'd like everyone to look at the second video below that's a PSA video from the Autism Self-Advocacy Network. And in this PSA video, she is showing that she is advocating for herself with her accommodation. Now that I know that there is an Autism Self-Advocacy Network, I would also like to post that. So if you look at the third website below, you can look at the Autism Self-Advocacy Network. Now, folks, we'll be right back right here from another autism advocacy resource, and that'd be the Doug Flutie Jr. Autism Foundation. So let's get to it. At the Doug Flutie Autism Foundation in Massachusetts, people are receiving hope. 
The organization was established in 1998 by Doug Flutie, a former quarterback for Boston College and the NFL, and his wife Lori in the memory of their son Dougie, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. The goal of the Flutie Foundation is to improve the quality of life for those with autism and their families. The biggest action they like to do is give grants and host their annual Stars on the Spectrum golf event. Our goal is to offer chances for physical and social activity outside of work or school, a path for education or employment during the day, and the resources needed to always feel safe, supported, and informed, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation says. Make sure to visit them on their website, www.flutiefoundation.org. That's www.flutiefoundation.org. Or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even YouTube to see all the stars they have to offer. And you never know, you might be able to meet one of their stars if you are so kind they allow you to do so. Finally, if this was a testimony, this would be my testimony for the Doug Jr. Autism Foundation. All right, folks, we're back. You might meet Doug Flutie there. You never know. For both parents and people on the spectrum, there are some people you can advocate to. Those people include teachers. And I'm going to start off this off with a question. Do you think you're the first? I'm asking this because I bet there have been students after you or in your boat too. So teachers know what it's like. The teachers who've been there forever, they are getting more experience. Now, newbies, I understand they're a little intimidated, but maybe you could teach them too, though, what to do and what are the laws. Most teachers had to go through it. They had to study what the accommodations are, what the laws are, especially special education teachers. So if the teacher isn't doing it, maybe talk to the special education department and see what they can do or they can teach them about and what is in your IEP. They might even take you under your wing. You never know. Teachers could sometimes be your second mother or father. It's happened before. The next person you can advocate to is autism advocates. And these are probably the best people you can do because it's in their name and it's their job to literally protect your rights. I mean, this is the definition of an autism advocate. An autism advocate is they assess the needs of a child with autism and their family and understand the unique circumstances and requirement and figure out what can they do. That's the definition according to the American Advocacy Group. They know what to do because one, they're getting paid for it, but two, they also have studied. They know the rules. They know what it's even like to be in your shoes if they're on the spectrum themselves. They can go to a war. They will protect you. They're the ones in the stands willing to hold a sign for you. If you're not certain of a law or you need help self-advocating or Go to an autism advocate because they've been where you've been before. They're willing to get you out of the rut that they were once in. The final people you can advocate to is your bloodline. I'm not talking about Roman Reigns' bloodline. I'm talking about your bloodline. The people that you know that are willing to go into the trenches behind you. And they're willing to go into the trenches behind you. That's saying something. It's saying something because it shows love. And it proves that love doesn't need to involve words. We also need to know the laws and regulations of self-advocating the rules. Because what could happen is the person who is supposed to be advocating for you... It's proclaiming they are doing everything in their power to help you, but in reality, they're just sitting behind a desk and doing the minimal work. So in every occupation, yes, there are bad people. There's bad police officers. There's bad firefighters. There's bad electricians. There's bad nurses. And yes, bad advocate. But how do you know if they're a bad advocate? The answer is simple. Research, 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 research. If you go to them like, hey, I looked into it too. This is what I did. You haven't done this lately. What do you think? Now we have to remember there's also forgetful advocate. And you can tell the difference between is that they're a forgetful advocate. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I forgot, which is normal. But I'll get on it right away. Okay, boom, they got on it right away. If they're a bad advocate, they're like, oh, okay, I'm on it. And they don't ever do it. Or they're like, mm, okay. And they just never care about it. And if you run into a bad advocate, find a new advocate because you're not gonna keep running into bad advocates. It was once in a lifetime and it probably won't happen again. But I'm just hoping you never have to run into one to just save your time. Something else that can happen is one of your advocates might be trying to over-advocate. Over-advocating means advocating for you too much because why? 
While I do believe in advocating making your life easier, I never said you should make your life completely easy and perfect. No one should have a perfect life. Not even celebrities have a perfect life. So why should you? Just because you get extra time on your test doesn't mean you should skip the test completely. Just because you are upgrading from a rat rod to a car shouldn't mean you own a limo at all. And if you think that it's time to recheck your ego because that's not advocating, that's just being mean. People on Spectrum also need to know that your parents advocating for you will one day come to a permanent halt, maybe sooner than later, or depending on the situation will become minimal. This isn't just a speech, this is the facts of life, but when you're 21, you're legally an adult. It's your job now. They can help you and show you how to do it, but you're still self-advocating for yourself when you pay the bills. But what if they're on the lower end of the spectrum? They can still self-advocate, they can still do something, whether that be feeding the dogs every day. If they really cannot do that, you need to set up a will because I still believe that, as Ryan Steiner said, for listeners, C238 running with call about Ryan Steiner, every child deserves an opportunity to be away from their parents and live on their own. Plus, you can set up a will where the will says that if this happens, he goes with this person. Or eventually, I want him to live on own, have some space, he goes with this person. There's ways around the hoop. However, parents... You do have a responsibility, and that responsibility is don't you dare just throw them out. That is one way to lose my self-respect for you. They're going to need something. I don't care if they're the most high-functioning human being on the autism spectrum. They're going to need one accommodation. And you never know, that one accommodation could be a lifesaver for them. Plus, I hate to say this, but the advocate may not be enough. Because no matter how much you scratch and claw, you still could come up empty-handed. I know it happens in life, but it can happen a lot in advocating. Case in point, let's look at me. I've got to get my parents, and for the listeners, C105 meet my mother and 113 father and sunshine, but they've advocated and advocated, advocated and advocated, but we still run into issues. Case in point, they've advocated and advocated and advocated for me to get sources, but we're still running into people from the state thinking I'm not apparently, and I quote because it's crap, autistic enough to get some of these sources. Guess what? That's kind of on them because I've had more comebacks than setbacks. And if you're running into that, please look at your comebacks because you'll forget about the setbacks. Yes, I do dread dealing with those people people. However, I can look at the fact that my podcast allows me to do some speaking engagement and has allowed me to meet some pretty cool people. And I hate to be a little more pessimistic, but I'm not going to ignore why it can be a difficulty. In my opinion, it is hard because of one big reason that is dun dun dun. We are afraid to speak up. There is more than one reason why we are scared to speak up. According to some general research and some of my thoughts, some of those reasons are make someone mad. So I did say earlier that, well, their business, I'm going to take part of that back. I don't care if you moan and groan. If you complain about the fact that it's cheating the system, that's your issue. What I care about is if you make it a show where you're like, no, you're not doing it. You're cheating the system. I'm going to tell the principal if you go down to the resource room. It's cheating. Okay, that's what I don't want to deal with. I don't want to deal with the show. It's a movie that doesn't need to be seen. And when you make it into a movie that people have to watch, then yes, it becomes very aggravating. I feel worthless about myself. And I don't want to feel worthless and I don't want to make it into a show. So why even ask if there's a chance that it could be a really bad movie that doesn't turn good? The next reason why we're afraid to speak up is over-advocating. So remember I said over-advocating is bad? Well, that's another reason why, is we don't know how to advocate for ourselves. Now, clearly, I prefer you not make the mistake, but if you do, 
it's fine and it happens. I clearly rather you not do it on purpose, but accidents happen. It can still be re-erased. You can still teach them to self-advocate, even if they're 50. You don't have to be a certain age to teach self-advocacy. Another reason why I'm afraid to speak up is I'm scared of communication. C-227, effective communication for more information. But the one thing that scares me the most is when I am self-advocating for myself is the communication because with their non-speaking, are they really happy to do it or are they just doing it because it's the law? I feel like I'm having to internalize their feeling of singing Justin Bieber's What do you mean? What do you mean? But in all seriousness, I just wish for them they would tell me. They're like, yeah, I'm definitely happy to do it. Or, yeah, I'll do it. Or, you know, I really don't want to do it, but because it's the law, I'll do it and I don't want to go to jail. If you just tell me, are you really doing it because you actually have a heart, then that'd be great. And if it isn't, that's still fine. I'm not going to take it personally. We have our own views on this situation. Another reason is we don't understand our own emotions. As strange as it sounds, it's true. There have been points where I don't know how to react to a problem. And I'm afraid of going to the wrong person. I may not even get to the solution or I'm using the wrong resource. It's very, very scary when I don't know how to react to something. All I know to do is just stand there straight shoulder and be like, mm, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What am I doing right now? When you don't understand your own emotions, I think you need to take a breath, look at the situation again and see what would I do, but do it slowly instead of jumbling all over the place. Because if you jumble your thoughts all over the place when you're trying to self-advocate, you won't know what you want and it will turn into a car crash. But if you slow your thoughts down, it'll become a smooth ride and the car will be able to survive the big hill. The final reason why it is nerve-wracking to speak up is the anticipatory anxiety. In C1110, where are the odds more information? But in that episode, I said I really didn't care about the answer. Well, in this case, I care about the answer. I'm scared to death that I'm going to leave that office or that place empty-handed without a resource or an accommodation. There is a solution. What you can do is write a list of 5 to 10 accommodations. Out of the 10, you then write them, send it to the office, and then you ask them, out of the 10, which ones can you do? Now, hopefully, it won't come empty-handed, but I highly doubt it. I can guarantee you one out of those 10 resources will be granted to you. However, there are ways to boost your confidence by advocating for yourself. According to some general research and my experience, some ways to boost yourself to speak up some of those ideas are to set boundaries, and this is probably the one I have used the most. Now, it can't be irrational. It cannot be, I'm never doing my homework, but it can be, okay, you know what? From 11 to 2 o'clock, I am not going to do any college work, and that's fine because you need to do that for your mental health. Boundaries is what makes a mental health shield. As we know, in this podcast, we all believe mental health matters, so if it's what I have to do to protect my sanity and not go into psychosis, it's what I got to do. But I should warn you, you better make sure you can communicate those boundaries in a rightful and respectful way because if you don't do it the right way, either they won't respect it or they're going to look at you like you're the biggest jerk alive. And I know that's not you. Next thing that you can do is know your values. Everyone has their own values. Some people in this world are religious, some are not. Some people believe in the craziest things alive, others don't, but we all have different beliefs. And you have to know your values and know what boundaries you won't cross. Maybe that boundary is you will not skip church. And that's an okay belief to have. I'm not going to judge you for that. And here's an idea you can do. Ask yourself, what do you need to be happy and fulfilled? Everyone has their own happiness journey. Something else you can do is seek professional help because if you've tried everything and you are still that scared, that is probably one of the most unhealthy habits that you could keep, man. I'm not a firm believer in getting rid of your flaws. I believe we all have flaws. That's a flaw that needs to go because that's going to affect your life. You could end up in danger even if you do not speak up. You need to get that 
issue resolved. And although I'm not a firm believer in therapy, this might be a case where you need it. They might be able to give you clues and hints and tips even on what you could do to speak up. They might tell you, okay, let's take a deep breath before we even speak up. Let's reassess who we are. Just go to your happy place and do it. Now, clearly if someone said that to me, I would tell them, haha, you're funny. That doesn't work for me. But for someone else, that could be the one thing that opened their eyes. Another idea you can do is get creative. So this is where you might take matters into your own hands because people have tried and everyone's tried, but they are still not getting it. So you might have to do something and put the faith in your hands. If you got an idea, great, do it. But I have one request. That request is you do not do something that's unrealistic and harmful. Now, I'm a firm believer in unrealistic and unharmful solutions. So that includes waiting in the parking lot at dentist office because your tooth hurts that bad to calm yourself. All right. I don't see a problem with it. Do it. But the moment you start bashing your head against the wall, that is unacceptable. But you need to do something that is a little bit on the crazy side, but it's not going to hurt or bother anyone. Do it. It's not anyone else's business. It's your business. And again, your life. And as crazy as it's sounds i admire you for doing it because you did get creative it probably wasn't the most rational decision out there but it was creative i even wonder why people don't do your solution more if it helps because no one else thought of it but you the final idea you can use to learn to say no respectfully so now you gotta communicate respectfully you can say no respectfully clearly you don't say no too much because then you'll just sound rude and then people will start singing magic song why you gotta be so rude but in all seriousness saying no does show power if you do it respectfully. You can say no, but I think what you need to do is come back with a counteroffer. So maybe it's, no, we don't do this. What about this instead? Because it's still compromising with you, but I also kind of get what I want. Now, clearly, if you see it's not going to work, then you can also respectfully say, have a nice day. It's just not in my best interest. However... If you do say no, we keep going into the circle. Eventually, there is a chance the circle might stop and you can draw the full picture and be like, all right, I get my side of the cookie. You get the other side of the cookie. Let's do it. Now, folks, we're right back around an ad from Rock 96.1 radio station. So let's hear them out. We want to thank 96.1 The Quarry, especially David and Dan Hayes for being a gold sponsor for our Summerfest. 96.1 residents in Bloomington, Indiana, and like Autism Rocks and Rolls, they rock and roll too. Visit their website at rock961fm.com to hear them out. And when they're on the station, be sure to listen to them live on their website or catch them on the radio in your car. If you like Kiss, Queen, 80s Rock, or ZZ Top, I think you have found your station. 96.1 also supports our adventurers, so you should support them too. Visit 96.1. Yeah! All right, folks, we're back, and you'll definitely rock it! To this radio station what i'd like to do now is to give you step by step how to self-advocate and why each step is so important so step one is to figure out the problem this is important because there's no advocating without the problem you can't advocate a solution you can go to the next step which is think about your ideal plan and the importance of this is it gets your goal straight it figures out okay this is what we're doing i got the plan in mind because i am a planner and we can start figuring this out step three is to get positive at yourself before you ask and it's important because it reassess is your personal values and it gives you confidence. It makes you feel you could buff up your chest with Buff Bagwell for listeners. C237, buff up for Buff Bagwell. And just like you had to get positive and rehab, you can need to get positive about yourself before you do your self-advocating. And then it comes to the next step, which is build and foster relationships with peers and important goals. It is important as it gets your advocates for your autism or it just gets you advocates in general. These are the people that want to enroll in your army. And then the final step is to speak up. It's important because it's not Charlie Puth saying, you just want attention. It's actually him saying, 
It gets your attention all of in my heart. All right, but in all seriousness, it does make them realize that, hey, I'm here too. I need help. I'm ready to advocate, people. But to end before the conclusion statement, I was trying to think what would be a great way to end the episode other than showing or telling my listeners someone advocating for himself. So if you look at the fourth video below, you will see WWE and C-154 to 157, the WWE Specials, more information, superstar, Sami Zayn, self-advocating to Roman Reigns. And why not? Speaking of Roman Reigns to conclude acknowledge me no I'm kidding in all seriousness though to conclude self-advocate is an essential tool that needs to be taught at the earliest age that is rational you know your worth and rights but there are those that want to try to blast your castle it is up to you to defend the castle from the cannonball with your troops of advocates find the right balance of doing it yourself because while guidance is acceptable laziness is not at the end of the day, you are your own advocate. I am trying to a master Shifu from Kung Fu Panda 3 said, I'm not trying to turn you into me. I'm trying to turn you into you. Well, folks, that'll be all for today. I hope you learned something from this episode. I want you right now to go self-advocate for yourself. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.